0: Can learning transform your life? This is Impact Learning with Maria Zinedu, a podcast where you will hear personal stories about how we learn, work, and live in the connection economy. Together with her guests, she will teach you to design your learning journey and create the life you want. On today's episode... Those of you who have experience working in large enterprises know well what I'm talking about. Leading global teams and managing internal stakeholders and peers is a skill that requires empathy, patience, and grit. Hey, it's Maria, and you are listening to Impact Learning I'm back on the mic today to continue talking about my corporate career journey. In episode 14, I discussed the decisions and opportunities that led me to become a vice president. Today, I'm opening up first time publicly to share my reflections about leaving my job in a multi-billion corporation I worked for 16 years. Many of the things I will talk with you about were not clear to me at the time I was going through this change, because, as my favorite quote goes, life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forwards. I hope my insights will guide your decisions and help you deal with your own challenges in a corporate environment or other business. I would also love to hear from you about your choices and the forks in the road that brought you to where you are today in your career, or perhaps led you to leave your corporate job as I did. Please send me your messages at impactlearningpodcast, all in one word, at gmail.com. So let's get started. 2011 and while I was on my first international assignment in Germany, the chief technology officer of Henkel Adhesives asked me if I would like to go to China to lead the research team in Asia Pacific. I remember that I responded immediately and said, yes, I am interested. Only I have never been to China. The summer of 2011 was hectic for me. I had to prepare a presentation on my vision and growth plan for the research organization in Asia Pacific. I gave this presentation during my first trip to Shanghai in front of the executive leadership team, including the CEO of the adhesives business. During that summer in Dusseldorf, I also completed a comprehensive assessment that all leaders have to go through when they are considered for VP positions. Long story short. I had to demonstrate that I was ready for this level of responsibility, which I did. I still remember the day I arrived in Shanghai first time in September of 2011. The vibe of the city intrigued me. As it usually happens on a business trip, I spent the whole week in the office and every evening at a restaurant. On Friday night, before flying back home, one of my colleagues offered to show me the old city which is called CTNT. I could not get enough of it. Everything looked different, but somehow it also felt very familiar. After I returned to Düsseldorf, one of my mentors, an employee of Henkel for almost 40 years, during our Lunch meeting, told me, You don't have to go to China, Maria. You know there will be more VP positions for you in Düsseldorf. I remember that without a second thought, I replied, but I like it. I want to go to Shanghai. I already turned down another VP position here. It is not about the title. I want to have this role and I want to live and work in Asia. What I had envisioned about this role was confirmed time and again during the three years that I led the research team in Asia. Hiring new members and building the team was such an incredible experience. Coaching and mentoring them created a lot of challenges, but also presented fantastic opportunities to sharpen my leadership skills. What I enjoyed the most leading this team was their eagerness to try out new things and create growth. We were developing new technologies and commercializing many products, often with new customers working and living in asia has been by far the ultimate life experience for me both on personal and professional level the cultural differences between east and west are massive and china japan and southeast asia have tremendous differences in the way people communicate build relationships live and work i relied on my greek culture my genuine curiosity and my empathy every single day. They guided me well and helped me navigate my relationships with my colleagues, customers, partners and friends. A couple of months after I moved to Shanghai, I was asked to assume a second role. The vice president of the global Silicon and Sealant platform was about to retire, and I was offered to take over his position. For the next three years, I had more direct reports than fingers on my hands. My teams were located in multiple countries on three continents. That was the most exciting and busy time ever in my career, and I loved every minute of it including the international traveling. But this role also came with new and different challenges. There is always a tension between global and regional teams at all levels from the not invented here syndrome to competition for resources. Couple this with the cultural differences. And you will very quickly figure out that wearing two hats, one global and one regional, was not for the faint of heart. And this is the time that we thought that growth would pick up after the financial crisis, but it was not coming back as quickly as we had promised to the shareholders. So there was a lot of tension internally and externally. Learning to lead under these circumstances was by far the most intense developmental experience I've had during my corporate career. And one that I'm very grateful for. Most people would shy away from dealing with conflict. I did not. But this does not mean that everyone I worked with was transparent about what they thought and what they did or said. I think you get the idea. I chose to focus on coaching and supporting my team to keep the promises we made to our customers and each other. And I did my very best to resolve conflict internally. Those of you who have experience working in large enterprises know well what I'm talking about. Leading global teams and managing internal stakeholders and peers is a skill that requires empathy, patience and grit. In 2015, I presented my accomplishments to the executive team and the CEO of adhesives and got their okay to start looking for my next role. During the months that followed, I explored various opportunities with a clear intention to move to a commercial role in either marketing or business. Long story short, a new commercial role was created in another adhesive business that I had not worked yet. The focus was on delivering profitable growth of all the adhesive sealant and coating technology and application categories through market focus and innovation. That was the perfect role for my next step. I was going to leverage my skills and get hands on commercial experience, executing strategic growth plans. I was thrilled about it. I only knew a few of the leaders in this business and I was looking forward to meeting the rest together with my team of global directors based in the U S Europe and Asia. We were responsible for developing the go-to-market plans and technology roadmaps. And most importantly, we were executing the global initiatives to drive business growth. With my boss at the time, we agreed that I would spend the first year in Shanghai and then come back to the U.S. in January of 2016. Coming back to the U.S. after living abroad for seven years took some time to get used to. However, I was already doing the global role for a year in Shanghai and that made the whole transition much easier. My job was the same on paper. But several things were starting to change and I did not enjoy many of them. I still loved the work I was supposed to be doing. Only the reality of what I had to deal with was very different. The environment was becoming increasingly slower with more gatekeeping meetings than ever before. They were slowing the work of my team and my colleagues down. It was becoming difficult to make progress the way we were accustomed to. I often felt that what I had learned during my international experience up to that point was being shadowed by personal agendas and unnecessary process complexity. I could see everyone around me working very hard to move the business forward. But the impact of our work was not what it should be. Allowing complex processes and personal agendas to slow us down was something that I struggled with every single day. 2016 was the most frustrating year in my entire career. I had worked for global corporations for so many years, but for the first time, I started feeling that I did not belong in the corporate system, at least into what the system was evolving to something had to change. For various reasons, driven by the economy and also the performance of the business I was working for, a major restructuring initiative was initiated in 2016. On Monday, after the Thanksgiving holiday in the U.S., I was informed that my role had been eliminated along with several other positions in the global marketing department. Many of my former colleagues were surprised by the news that I was leaving the company. A few of them told me that they thought I would retire from Henkel. Those who were closer to me, of course, were much less surprised. I've always spoken my truth and I had shared with them the concerns I just share with you. A few months after I left my corporate job, I read the book linchpin by Seth Godin. There is a part that talks about the choice. Some of us who work in a corporate system may have to make. You can either fit in or stand out, not both. You are either defending the status quo or challenging it. Playing defense and trying to keep everything all right, or leading and provoking and striving to make everything better. Either you are embracing the drama of your everyday life, or you are seeing the world as it is. These are your choices. You can't have it both ways. That is, of course, as accurate as I can possibly describe my struggles in 2016. The system was changing for many reasons and it was no longer working for me. However, it had worked for me very well for 16 years and for that I will always be grateful. I've said it before and I will say it once more. I do not wish to change anything about my career journey and the choices I've made. I've worked with some of the most generous, competent, and talented people in the industry. And together we served our customers and created new business. If my marketing job had not been eliminated in 2016, it would have probably been another reason that would have led me to leave. Perhaps at a later time. What I experienced in one business unit might have been influenced by specific top management decisions, but it would be naive to imagine that the rest of the businesses were not going down a similar path. There is a saying that things happen for a reason. Now that I know all that I do, of course, that makes sense. But back then, when I was in the middle of this major change. I had to give myself time to pause and reflect. And so I did. When I left Henkel in February of 2017, I had no idea what was next for me. And in all honesty, the thought that this would be my last corporate job never crossed my mind. After all, I had worked for global corporations for almost 20 years and leading global teams, serving customers and driving growth was the work that I loved, and what got me out of bed every morning. Only the corporate system was changing. And I had to figure out what was happening. I was not in a hurry to find a job. First and foremost, I needed time to rest. Five years as a vice president of a global enterprise with dual roles and all that was wearing me down. It was time to pause and create some space for me. Now that I shared this part of my story with you, I want to go back to the basic question we ask ourselves and our children. What do you want to be when you grow up? Well, there are two more questions we need to ask. What do you want to do when you grow up? And what environment do you want to work in, including the people you want to work with? So here is what I've learned about myself when I try to answer these questions after 20 years in total in the corporate world. First, what do I want to be when I grow up? Evidently, I wanted to become a vice president. But I want to unpack this for you. Very early on, I understood that any large corporation is a system, and every system has its rules. The higher I could go on the corporate ladder, the more access I would have to the human capital, decisions, and most importantly, resources. Resources that I could use to support my team and serve the customers. I'm not going to say that I did not care for the title of a vice president and the visibility that came with it. All of this, of course, is very nice. But what mattered to me the most was the level of influence the vice president position enabled me to have within the organization. Second, what do I want to do when I grow up throughout my career? I wanted to create an impact on people, customers, and our business. I wanted to lead global teams and together with our colleagues from the other functions, solve interesting customer problems. I have always been passionate about commercializing innovations and bringing products to the market to create new value for our customers. This has always been what I loved about working in corporate leading global teams to solve interesting customer problems and create a profitable business. Even before I knew of Michael Straits, I was asking myself, who do you want your people and customers to become? I want to talk about developing people a little more because it's so important to me. Coaching and mentoring our teams, of course, supports their development. But substantial change happens only when we deliberately create growth opportunities for them. There is a risk with this approach, of course, it might work or it might not work, but I would rather find myself in a situation that I overestimated what a person can do than having to sleep at night, knowing that I did not give her the chance to continue to learn, develop her skills and increase the impact of her work. Gere has said something that speaks directly to my beliefs. If you treat an individual as he is, he will remain how he is. But if you treat him as if he were what he ought to be and could be, he will become what he ought to be and could be. So becoming a vice president gave me the access I needed to influence the human capital within the organization and externally, with our customers and partners. The third question is, what environment do I want to work in, including the people I enjoy working with? I know that I love working in a fast paced environment, the one that values leaders who want to drive growth for the people, the customers and the business. This is why I enjoyed so much working in Asia and other emerging countries. This environment was full of opportunities to develop people, customer partnerships, and as a result, create new business. There is a certain mindset that all of us who enjoy this kind of work have. I've witnessed it with most of my colleagues who were working in China and other emerging countries around the world. We are thirsty for the kind of challenges and opportunities that come with doing business in an emerging environment. We love to travel to new places and get to know new cultures. My friends in sales used to say that in business, you are either a farmer or a hunter, not both. And you either like to manage and instruct teams or you love building new teams and developing them to their full potential. I know now that I'm a hunter who likes to build new teams. And all these preferences and choices have guided me very well throughout my corporate career. And later on, when I embarked on a career repurposing journey that started when I left Henkel in February of 2017. But we will talk about that part next time I'm back on the mic. I hope you found this episode useful. If you enjoy listening to Impact Learning, I would appreciate if you would share it with your friends who are interested in the future of learning and work. You could also leave us a review on iTunes or your preferred podcast platform. A new episode of Impact Learning will be published every Thursday. Thanks for listening. And remember, we can talk about learning, we can design it, or we can do both. This is Impact Learning. I'm your host, Maria Zenidou. Till next time.